being grateful. I am Carl. I'm not feeling grateful. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm kind of agitated. I don't know what. Maybe after this reading, I'll feel better. I'm Carl. I'm an alcoholic. My sobriety is August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic. And my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod is the podcast about recovery that doesn't sound like a podcast about recovery. We are not experts or professionals, just a varying number of deeply flawed individuals with good intentions. If you would like to hear about the 12 steps, check out season two of 2019 for the years long coverage of 50 plus episodes. And it goes without saying, we do not speak for any recovery groups or organizations. And as always, we encourage you to listen in moderation. Oh my God. Chelsea, are you living sober? I am still living sober. Yes, Carl. Are you? <laughs> I am so fucking sober right now. <laughs> you know, and I've been trying not to cuss more too. Dang it. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me jumping right into it. Just totally jumping right in with the F-bomb. All right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally living sober. That's it. Like this, it's not always fun, is it? No, absolutely not. Um, I was I was reminded the other day I was in a meeting and I was like, um, I was like, you know, the, you, I, I, and I really thought this. I, you know, I really thought I could go back into AA, get sober, and just hide out. I really wanted to hide out. That's like I just wanted I wanted a break from life and drinking mm -hmm. and every, I just wanted to break. You know what I mean? I wanted to just like and then, um, you know, and yeah, it's funny how like life still happens. You know, whether you want it to or not, like whether you're hiding out or not, whether you're like, you know, isolating, drinking in a, you know, in a Motel 6 with a fucking, you know, bag of dope and a six pack, it just fucking still shows up. It just does not go away. Right? You mean you can't, you can't run from the consequences of your actions or your feelings or any of that? All the above. <laughs> so, I, you know... The only thing to do is to turn and lean into it, to face it, to uh, meet it head on. Let, you know, let's come up with all the uh, analogies that we can. You know? <laughs> um, I, I, so, you know, but, you know, <clears throat> more recently, like I like, you know, I got I'm employed. Love that. I freaking love that. Like, I, can I just tell you how awesome it is to actually um, I got my first paycheck and nice. I just I just like, oh, it's so because I, I mean, I mean, no secret, everybody, but I'm in debt <laughs> like, at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, one so, would expect that. How one it would was expect? A, yeah, it was a few months. You know, you got yeah. children and wife and a house. Uh, and yeah, and all the above, all the expenses. Yeah, so it was just it was really nice to. I mean, you can hear like the relief in mm -hmm. like I got my first paycheck, just like that. You know, um, you know, it's like. And it's funny, like, I haven't checked my bank account in years. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, there's no reason for me to, like, be checking a bank. But suddenly, like, I knew all the logins and passwords. And, <laughs> like, you know, like you know honey, I mean? you don't need to remind me of the password anymore. <laughs> yeah, I got it down now. Now I, you know, it all up in here. So, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a different process. What about you, Chelsea? How's your, how's your, uh, how's your life going? So I'm back in school. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm not going to say too much about my school, but there are just a lot of changes being made and it's a little, it's making me nervous, I guess. Um, you know, when there's turnover and people leaving and rules changing, I don't like changes. that. Nobody yeah, I don't like that whatsoever. And um, it makes me nervous. So, but now I have this like countdown app or widget that I got because someone showed me like you can do that. And I was like, what's a widget? <laughs> but now it's like a countdown of like how many days left until I'm done with nursing school. And I think I am on day. What is it? Uh, it's day 97. Mm. So every time you open your phone or whatever, you see it like um, mm -hmm. in the in the in the home screen. Yeah, you nice. know, I bet you could probably do 
like something like that, if you wanted just a quick reminder of your sobriety, like how long you have. Mm-hmm. I bet there's a count up option. Oh, I, I bet there is. I bet. I, I mean, not not 100% certain, but I'm sure that I am sober. You know, who rates SoberPod their number one sobriety podcast? <laughs> 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 I'm sure I'm sure I am sober uh, probably has a widget where they do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, um, if not, they're probably working on it right now. So, um, so you're, what are the changes going on in your school that you're just uncomfortable? It's just, just changes, just normal changes. Um, like some pretty drastic policy changes. Like you can have one absence, but if you have two, then you fail. Um, what? Yeah. Can it be excused? Um, like you would probably have to be on your deathbed for them to excuse it, honestly. Um, and then, uh, just a lot of different professors, like good quality professors are either, either leaving or being fired. And it, yeah, stuff like that just makes me a little Mm. nervous. Um, but what I have learned is to just keep my head down and stay focused on the end goal, and it's ninety-seven days away. So, yeah, that's that's the uh, the idea, right? You know, mm-hmm. you know, you've made it this far. No reason to go. No reason to go running into the uh, um, you know dean's office complaining. There's just <laughs> yeah. well, and you know what? There, that's yeah. like the big thing is like there are hundreds of students doing exactly that. And to me, it's kind of like, this is one of those things I have like no power. Like I, I cannot control this. I can't change it. All I have to do is accept it. Like, Hey, did you see that serenity prayer right there? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I'm just kind of rolling with it and I'll let the other people complain and yeah. What yeah, it, it, what does your voice do for it? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. It's like uh, you might as well just sit and, and you know watch it play out rather than mm-hmm. get in there and start. You know, another spoon mixing that pot is not going to help for sure. Okay, so what are we doing today? What is going on? Uh, Sorry, apparently I'm... we're getting grateful, but oh yeah, but you know, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. You know, the, it, I was, I was, I was starting to read this like because I was like, oh. I was, I'll read this before we get going, and then I didn't get to reading it all. But most of it is, at this point, from what I've read, a lot of it is complaining. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm thinking is this, is that when we're being grateful, sometimes, you know, we don't have anything to compare it to, right? Yeah. So so we need, you know, some comparison. It's kind of like, you know, when we go to meetings, you know, I think a lot of the times it's like, you know, a lot of people, all that they hear is the drunkologues or the... The, the bitches and the pisses and the moans. Mm-hmm. And and really what's going on is that somebody is reliving that, you know, experience in order to get into an attitude of gratitude. Uh, you know, they're having to kind of like backtrack their steps a little bit in order to, you know, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I think a lot of the people when they're listening, all they hear is to what it was like, you know. Right. And right. they don't. And, and 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 to be honest, a lot of people that's just kind of what they know. You know, they don't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are not in um, the attitude of gratitude as well. Um, so yeah, I think that that's kind of part of it. So as we listen to this, you're going to hear them, you know, start talking about b- bad things, and you're going to be like, "Why? This is not about gratitude." What bad things, <laughs> Carl? Very, very bad things. Ooh, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> you're just going to have to listen on. all right so um so yeah you're gonna have to listen to some bad things and then um uh and then we so what we do is we've been doing is we've been uh going through living sober we're on what chapter is this 18 or something like that 19 oh my gosh 19 and so if you go back to listen to new beginnings i think it started in 2022 of march Um, i don't even know anymore um so we started listening to a chapter and then we started responding to it in living sober uh, and, um, so please, if you want to go and, and start binging all that other stuff, by all means. Um, and then of course, um, we have, uh, uh, I guess some, you know, a few things to check off the list. We have silverpod.com, 
we have a, a members only section in which we do post articles relating to each episode or we try to anyway relating to each episode of the show we also write you know our uh you know thoughts and you know i don't know other stuff uh you know there is uh, we post live not live what do we call it again just the <laughs> recording the video yeah video recording stream. Uh, uh, of of us so you can see the our um our beautiful faces um you can see chelsea uh um uh, sucking down that vape um, <laughs> so, just the vape to be clear let's just just the vape but you know <laughs> she she doesn't have an only fans but she's you know, oh working God. on it <laughs> i'm also working on my only fans it's just you know it's just me sitting around with my dogs naked it's sh- weird th- you should make an app called only dogs and just like have cute dogs yeah only dogs you gotta yeah you gotta i would pay for that paying dog biscuits and shit uh-huh. All right. Um again, have a digital uh what uh, currency for dogs. Um <laughs> They already have that. Isn't yeah, Doge, it Do- Doge, Doge coin? Coins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me in Doge. All right. Um okay, so we're going to listen to Living uh Sober on Being Grateful. It's about 12 minutes and then we will respond to it and then we will cheer on and on. Um hopefully with some brevity this time. <laughs> All right. So uh, let me share my screen because that's what you do in order to make those things happen. Uh, and isn't this the worst part? I should find something to say while I'm doing this other than what I'm doing. You know is what I'm it saying? really that challenging to share your screen? For me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but for me, it is. Okay. So here it is. Living sober, being grateful. 19. Being grateful. One AA member recalls that even during the worst of her drinking career, she never lost her faith. I had a firm, unshakable belief in disaster, she explains. Every morning, almost my first conscious thought was, oh my God, I wonder what new troubles are going to hit me today. When someone knocked at the door, she was sure it was for an unpleasant reason. (laughs) She confidently expected only bills and other bad news in the mail. And if the telephone rang, she sighed in anticipation of dreary tidings. Such an enormous expenditure of energy and negative speculations is familiar to many of us. We remember the dark cast of mind that prevailed during the active stage of our own alcoholism. Some of it, to be sure, may have been simply a pharmacological effect of alcohol, which is a depressant drug. When we get the last molecules of alcohol out of the system, a lot of the gloom disappears along with it. But the habit of thinking in such neurotically depressed ways can stay with some of us, we have found, until we learn to spot it and carefully root it out. This is no prescription for mindless Pollyannaism. We do not pretend that hardships are meaningless, nor deny that everyone has mountains to climb from time to time. Grief really hurts, and so do other kinds of pain. However, now that we are free of alcohol, we have much more control over our thinking. We have a broader range of thoughts in minds that are no longer so blurred. The thoughts we choose to spend time on in any given 24 hours can strongly influence the complexion of our feeling for that day, bright and healthy, or murky and disheartened. Since so much of our thinking used to be intricately associated with our drinking lifestyle, we have found it worthwhile to look closely at our thinking habits and find different and better ways of using our minds. The following illustrations may not be an exact fit for you, but even if the words are new, perhaps your emotions will be moved to recognize familiar emotional tunes accompanying them. Some are intentionally exaggerated, to make the point unmistakably clear. Others may, at first glance, look trivial. Scores of us have found, though, that easy little changes are a good starting point for a big, strong recovery. When our favorite toddler falls, bumps her head, and squalls, it's fairly simple to see whether she is seriously hurt or just frightened. Then we have a choice. We can either shriek hysterically because the child got hurt or frightened and carry on over what could have (laughs) happened, Or we can keep our cool and be comforting 
grateful that no serious harm occurred. When our 90-year-old grandfather, long ill and unhappy, finally dies, we again have a choice. We can insist that the only thing to do is rage in grief and anger at the surprise of it, or wallow in guilt, and perhaps drink in either case. Or we can, besides being sad, remember that he did have a long, often good and happy life, that we did try to be good to him and assure him of our continuing love, and that his suffering and unhappiness are now over. It is doubtful that he would appreciate our using his passing as an excuse to get drunk and endanger our health. When we finally get to visit a place long dreamed of, we can concentrate on the inconveniences of our lodging and the weather, the passing of the good old days, and the fact that we have only a few days or weeks to spare. Or we can be grateful that we finally got there at all and keep adding to a mental list of the delights we can find if we look for them. We can watch out for a tendency to say, yes, but, in response to any optimistic, complimentary, or positive statement. A friend's good luck, or his youthful appearance, or a celebrity's plug for a charity may tempt us to say sourly, yes, but. But, does this thinking habit help anyone, including ourselves? Can't we let something good simply be? Can't we just be pleased about it rather than trying to downgrade it? Those who try to quit smoking realize a number of possibilities are open. Complaining ad infinitum about how hard it is to quit, or searching out a smoking cessation program, talking to a doctor about what kinds of treatment might be available, or simply enjoying a deep smoke-free breath when we think of it, being grateful an hour has passed without a drag, and even if we do light up unconsciously, congratulating ourselves for putting it out without smoking it down to a stub. If one of us wins only $500 in a sweepstakes that has a $50,000 top prize, the sensible mood is easy to pick out. It is not bitterness at losing the biggest pot. We continually find opportunities to make similar considered choices, and our experience convinces us that feeling gratitude is far more wholesome, makes staying sober much easier. It will come as a pleasant surprise to discover that it is not difficult to develop the habit of gratitude if we just make some effort. Many of us were reluctant to try, but the results, we have to admit, did speak for themselves. It may sting at first to bite the cynical comment from the tip of our tongue. We may have to swallow twice before getting out a mildly positive remark of the type we called saccharine during our drinking life. But it soon comes easier and can become a strong and comfortable force in our recovery. Life was meant to be enjoyed, and we mean to enjoy it. Riffling back through the memories of our drinking past, some of us spot another manifestation of negativism. But it, too, is a type of behavior many have learned to change. And the change in our actions has also brought better attitudes and an improvement in our feelings. For some reason, we spent a lot of time thinking or noting or talking about how wrong or mistaken so many other people persistently were. Whether they really were or not is irrelevant to the welcome change in our own feelings now. For some, the change begins with a tentative willingness to wait and see, to accept for a moment the hypothesis that the other person just possibly might be right. No. Before rushing to judgment, we suspend our own argument. Listen carefully and watch for the outcome. It may or may not prove us to be in the wrong. That is not the important issue here. Whichever way the chips fall, we have at least temporarily freed ourselves from our driving need to be always right, or one-up. We have found that a sincere, I don't know, can be rejuvenating. Saying, I'm wrong, you're right, is invigorating when we are sufficiently at ease with ourselves not to be bothered about actually being in the wrong. We are left feeling relaxed and thankful that we can be open to new ideas. The finest scientists are always alert to new evidence which may prove their own theories wrong, so they can discard any false notions and move closer to the ultimate truth they are seeking.
when we achieve a similar openness, we find our instant negativism has begun to evaporate. Perhaps an illustration can clarify the relationship between the desire to be always right, the negativism of seeing almost everyone else as wrong, and the freedom to be wrong ourselves, to grasp and use new ideas and other help for staying sober. Many of us, when drinking, were deeply sure for years that our own drinking was harmless. We were not necessarily smart-alecky about it, but when we heard a clergyman, a psychiatrist, or an AA member talk about alcoholism, we were quick to observe that our drinking was different, that we did not need to do any of the things those people suggested, or even if we could admit that we were having a bit of trouble with our drinking, we were sure we could lick it on our own. Thus, we shut the door against new information and help, and behind that door our drinking went on, of course. Our troubles had to be pretty dire, and we had to begin to feel pretty hopeless before we could open up a little bit and let in some fresh light and help. For thousands of us, one of the clearest memories, which incorporate the wisdom of being grateful, is our recollection of what we originally thought and said about Alcoholics Anonymous when it first came to our attention. It's fine for them, but I'm not that bad, so it isn't for me. I've met a couple of former AAs drunk in bar rooms. From what they say, I can tell it wouldn't work for me either. I knew a fellow who joined AA. He turned into a rigid, fanatic, dull, intolerant, teetotaler. All that God stuff and going to meetings turned me off. Anyhow, I've never been a joiner. Now. Honesty makes us admit that we spent more time concentrating on those negative opinions and reinforcing our own reasons for drinking than we spent actually looking into AA with an open mind. Our investigation of it was hardly scientific. Rather, it was superficial and pessimistic, a search for things not to like. We neither talked with many of the sober members nor read at depth the quantities of literature by and about AA. If we did not like a few things or people we first encountered in AA, we gave up. We had tried it, hadn't we? Remember the man who said he didn't like reading? He had already read a book and didn't like it. <laughs> it is clear now that we could have acted differently. We could have invested some time in searching out things we did like in AA. Ways we could go along with it. Statements and ideas we did agree with. We could have been thankful that AA welcomes casual visitors and that we were not required to jump in headlong. We could have been grateful that AA has no dues or fees and demands no adherence to any doctrine, rules, or rituals. If some talkative AAs weren't to our taste, we could have been pleased that so many others kept quiet or spoke more to our liking. We could have kept trying to find out why so many eminent, professional experts have endorsed AA over and over for many years it must be doing something right. Staying sober can boil down to just such a choice we have learned. We can spend hours thinking of reasons that we want or need or intend to take a drink. Or we can spend the same time listing reasons that drinking is not good for us and abstaining is more healthful and listing things we can do instead of drinking. Each of us makes that choice in his or her own way. We are pleased when anyone else chooses to make a decision like ours. But whether you are interested in AA or not, we offer good wishes to anyone starting out to stay sober in any way. We keep being grateful that we are free to do it in the ways described here. Because you're free to do what you want. Any old time. So that was being grateful, but it didn't sound like being grateful, did it? No, it did not. What, what did it sound like? Uh, it, a lot of it sounded like AA related, you know, like be grateful for AA, um, <laughs> but also... <laughs> Propaganda is what it sounded like. It sounded like the cult trying to get into my head. Yeah, I mean, I appreciated some of what was said, like, um, you know, always saying, but, you know, uh, it 
it wasn't X, Y, and Z. It wasn't this way, you know, always like downgrading it as she put it. Um, you know, whenever I have an experience where I'm a little, like I have high expectations for it and then it doesn't meet those expectations. And I feel like, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't as great as I thought it would be. Right. And Mm -hmm. instead, Mm -hmm. you know, the gratitude part of it would be looking at it like thanks, you know, I'm thankful I had this experience, you know, even though it wasn't what I built it up to be, at least I, at least I got to do it. And, um, you know, that doesn't come naturally for me. (laughs) (laughs) Neither does it be. I, 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 you know, when I was drinking, I was told by my wife that I was a very, very negative, pessimistic person that I, uh, uh, and I don't, even, you know, I mean, that may still be true today. I don't even, you know, I don't even hear myself most of the time. Maybe I am a very negative person, but I, you know, I do, um, like the alcoholic thinking, like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. Like, so, you know, um, it's like, uh, you know, something good happens and I think, well, this isn't going to last. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like a, a, a way that, um, you know, I do that as well. Do you, do you find that you're, a, um, another shoe's going to drop kind of person? I am, but I think some of that's like a trauma response, you know, like just mm. like what the the worst outcome could be and just preparing for that. And then if it doesn't happen, then you're pleasantly surprised. Um, now, I guess but, I got I got a question like, so um, do you think that that because uh, I got there's like two sides to me for that, which is one, I am prepared for the worst to happen, mm-hmm. right? But then there's the other side of me, which is like, I, you know, again, I don't, I'm like, cause it, it's, it's all in about the attitude or I guess in how you right. present that to yourself or how your real thinking is. So are you more, um, again, pessimistic and like, oh, this is just, you know, like I, I used to think like when I was a kid, I was like, like when Christmas would come, I would, I would get a new bike and I would be so resentful if I got a new bike because I thought, well, this is just one more thing they're going to take away from me when I mm. <laughs> when they ground me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I I don't want to like it too much because it's just they're going to take it away from me. So mm. I never got to really like that was like a like from a you know a little a little baby Carl. That's what he would think. And and so even today I still have a hard time of like trying to prepare for the worst in a more positive way. Like what can I do to prepare? Like for instance, if I was to get unemployed again. What can I do today while things are good in order to prepare potentially for that? But not in a morose, dark, like, you know, pessimistic way, but more in a positive way. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Does yeah. That, yeah. So do, yeah, you, do think, you do any of that? I think, um, you know, when I got sober, I had a lot of unlearning to do. Ooh. I had to really um, take those behaviors, thoughts, actions, feelings, and turn them around and look at them from a healthy perspective. Um, and you know, some of that is like, okay, it's, it's fine to prepare for the worst outcome, but don't expect it to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. um, expect like something good to come of it. And, but if it doesn't happen, then at least you're prepared. Right. And so now I'm not always thinking like, oh, um, I feel like I said the wrong thing at this interview. And so I'm definitely not getting the job. Like instead, I'm going to say in my head, um, you know, I did my best and I'm really hopeful that I'll get the job. But if I don't, there are plenty of other jobs out there, you know, so it's just kind of reframing it and the old me would be so rigid and not able to even entertain a positive outcome, you know? And I think really when you're thinking that way, you manifest that stuff. You know, if you believe that bad things are going to happen, chances are they, they, yeah, they'll probably happen. But if you, if you really like have it in your mind and you've worked hard and did your best and put in the steps to make something good happen then chances are it will and so i'm i'm really coming to find that attitude is half the battle you know it's it's you can get yourself so far but if you're if you have a negative attitude about it 
you're kind of holding yourself back. Yeah. And I, I, my, uh, my job search more recently was definitely something that I reflected on a lot in that area because it was like, I could easily just like sit back and get depressed. You know, I could mm-hmm. easily just like say, you know, look at all these jobs that I'm applying for. And then, you know, uh, you know, but you know, um, I didn't, I, you know, I literally like every time I, you know, you know <laughs> maybe I did in some cases, let's just say that much, but, um, but in, in moreover, I chose to think more positively, get back on the horse. Whenever I got the, the wall of rejections that would come <laughs> like mm-hmm. in my email, I would just be like, Oh, here we go again. <laughs> and then, and then I would, um, and I would look at it as in like, there is, you're right. There's something out there for me. I am, I am capable, I, you know, blah, 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 you know, like I am a skilled person who's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I just kind of have to do that, that reaffirmation, that positive talk, positive self-talk uh, that um, that got me back on the horse and got me waking up the next day in order to do it all over again, which, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, uh, believe me, I, I know it sucks. <laughs> it freaking sucks. But, you know, I, I did myself the right things you know i think uh you know uh again uh, not talking to more negative people right not like calling people up that are going to be you know reinforcing like that negative response choosing to talk to somebody who is more positive um you know because and again like uh you know stoicism talks about this and they talked about it a little bit too um like coloring your thoughts like you know how you color your thoughts is how you color your world uh and and though it may not be, um, you know, some people like, oh, oh, that's law of attraction stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, you know, um, I'm not talking about like the secret or, uh, you know, as a man thinketh or whatever. Um, even though that book has, I've read a little bit. Um, but the thing is that it, it really is true for a large degree of like what you put into the world is really what you get back to a large degree. If you really are looking at it, you know, think back to your time. Um, like when you were at your most negative and you were at your most, um, you know, pessimistic and, and just, you know, uh, darker thoughts, did you really, did people like pop into your world with any positivity or like, you know, were you suddenly winning a lottery? You know what I mean? It's like, it just, <laughs> it just didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, um, you know, th- there's one thing, um, I was, uh, while, while we were listening to that. I was thinking about in the big book and it talks about uh, Herbert, Herbert Spencer's uh, spiritual experience. Um, uh, it's on, uh, uh, it's uh, his quote under appendix two. It says, uh, uh, there is a, a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a, a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. So mm. one of the things that, when I was when I was listening to that, I was thinking about that because, you know, um, what did it talk about? You know, it talked about in the end, you know, it was talking about those uh, uh, those statements. Um, mm-hmm. It's OK know, to like, be wrong. No, it was I said, you know, it's fine for them, but but not that oh, bad. Yeah, so yeah. it isn't for mm-hmm. me. Uh, like do we talk about Alcoholics Anonymous? You know, I've met a couple of former A's drunken bar rooms. Right. I could tell it's not going to work for me, you know. Um, you know, all that God stuff is going to me, it's turning me off and, you know, I'm, I'm not a joiner anyway, like all these other excuses behind this stuff. And I think what they're trying to relate it to is like the, the newly sober, the somebody who is like getting sober, like, Hey, like there's a lot of other things going on around you now that you are sober and, you know, and you, you know, we don't want you to be quote unquote Pollyanna. Pollyanna is like a, like a happiness pusher, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, like somebody walks around just like the birds are chirping and there's blue sky. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and nobody likes that dude, but uh, <laughs> or chick, you know. But um, but the but but I think what they're trying to get to is like what they refer early on in the article, which is like uh, um, thinking habits or a habit of thinking, like you know, and um, and to give it a try, and to mm-hmm. give like the other side a try, like you've you've been a master at that negativity, but have you ever tried to be a master at that positivity where like, you know, like you're saying, it's like, you know, uh, um, you know, like attracts like in that way. Like, have you Mm -hmm. ever really tried to do that on a consistent 
range. Do you do that today? Do you feel like you're more positive or negative today? Oh, I am 100% more positive mm. because I feel like I have been proven wrong so much because little bits at a time I'm starting to believe like, oh, like something good could come of this, you know, and then that gets reinforced when something good happens. And so now instead of just being this miserable, poor me, like, you know, ungrateful, complaining all the time, like now I'm just like, you know, I have so much going for me and I am so blessed. Um, and you know, I wasn't that way before. I was so selfish before mm. that it was hard for me to have any gratitude. Um, but, but I mean, what, what about you? Do you find that you're more positive now? And yeah. your wife's not saying you're so negative. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know what she thinks of me anymore, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got my moments, just like anything. But um, but no, I do find that I am more um, uh, optimistic about how. Uh, yeah, again, and and that has that has to do with being able to sit and um and, and do the you know some of the tools that I've been given in terms of the recovery. You know, uh, uh, one thing that I did like in ACA early on, which I hadn't done in a. Uh, um, before in like just, you know, being sober in recovery, but ACA uh, allowed me to like really start to look at my, my thinking along those lines and like, mm -hmm. how do I observe the world? Um, and, and you, I think you said it earlier, it's like a trauma response. Like I had a mm -hmm. trauma response for, um, uh, like just even my, like, I just felt unsafe in general. Like just, so I was always on the lookout, hypervigilistic, you know, kind of stuff, uh, for like, you know. I don't, I don't care what it is. It's like, is my gate locked? Is my doors locked? Is my garage mm -hmm. closed? Is like, you know, is somebody going to rip me off? Is somebody like, you know, it's whatever it is. Like, you know, are all my baseball bats and, you know, weapons in their right specific places. So <laughs> in case I need them, somebody's going to die. You know, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's such a, a weird way to be. And then I, I had to start looking at it as in like, and if I observe or survey my home, right? Like, oh my gosh, like, I had to I had to start changing my way of thinking to say nobody's ever accosted me in my home. Nobody's ever yeah. been violent with me. Like no, nobody's ever like, you know, knocked on my door and decided to burst in and you know what I mean? Like yeah, like realistically this, like imaginary scenario. And, but but why, you know, why is that shit there all? The, I have to like like kind of bring myself down to reality. And then the other thing is like um like when you talk about just general gratitude of like so now that I've done that and I've surveyed my area and that I know that it's safe, now I can almost like pay attention to all the other little things. Like mm -hmm. I got, I got books, I got a computer, I got TV, I got clothes, I got food, I got dishes, I got you know, I mean bills, you know, but they're being paid. You know, it's like no, <laughs> there's no notices on my door. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I've received notices on my door, and you know, and you know. Yeah, do you think that they know when they put notices on your door, like that everybody in the neighborhood knows what that fucking notice is about? <laughs> like, I just, probably. You know, probably, <laughs> right? They want to add that little guilt to it, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's like I start to look at those things very differently too. So it, it's like I had to start thinking differently in order just even to appreciate, like I had to like, uh, well, you talked about hierarchy of needs. Remember that last episode mm -hmm. that we had? Um, you know, that was the thing. It's like I had to really evaluate my scenario. I can't appreciate the little things if I don't feel like my bigger things are being taken care of. So mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's kind of part of it, too. But, you know, the more we stay sober, the more we have a chance to start to look at those things. But, you know, when we're constantly relapsing, getting five days, 30 days, 60 days, six months, even a year, and we constantly go back into that same thinking and behavior, you know, because as soon as we drink, it's for the, you know, physiological effects. Like it talked about, I love that it actually talked about it right up front. It's like alcohol is a depressant. Did yeah. you know that? Did you know alcohol is a depressant before you quit drinking? Yeah. You did? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't I still know. drink. Yeah, yeah I, I had no idea. Like I was, I was depressed and upset and grieved all the time, but I had no clue that like, you know, to me, alcohol fixed the problem. You know? mm -hmm. So. Um, so it says we, you know, it says when we get the last molecules of alcohol over our system, a lot of gloom disappears along with it. 
Like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what happened for me is like it had to it not only did it have to get the alcohol in my system, but it had to be a long stretch of recovery before I really started to have that other shit sink in. And that takes it took me a long time. I mean, it took really like I think about two years before I started to uh, see things a little different. But I was pretty negative for a very long time, very long time, and and, and more so because my brain was, you know, thinking all the time. Did you um um did it take you a while to adjust, or did you uh, was it more like pink cloud and moving on kind of thing? You know, I don't know if I really had a pink cloud. Um, I think there was a a time where I was, you know, really happy. Um, but I was also like distracting myself from the actual work that needed to be done. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I never really like looked at my sobriety as a blessing, um, you know, until much later. And, um, I thought, you know, definitely hindsight, I, I, uh, see now like how much I've grown and how much I am grateful for and, um, things that I took for granted for sure. Um, but it, it took a couple years, I feel like to really get to that point, you know, in the beginning, I was still very much stuck in my selfish ways and that negative, um, thinking, and I had attracted a lot of negativity around me. And so it's, it's not like suddenly you stop drinking and everything is all sunshine, rainbows and the birds chirping and, you know, Mm -hmm. so it, it took some time for sure. But, um, like you said, if you kind of give yourself enough time, eventually you will get there. And, um, I just kept thinking like, it's so, so hard to be grateful. Like you had mentioned when you've got more important priorities like safety and, um, love and belonging and stuff. It's hard to really overcome, um, thoughts that make you ungrateful, uh, when you're, when you're struggling with that. And so Mm -hmm. I think, I was dealing with a lot of shit when I first got sober, as I'm sure most people are, you know, the consequences of our actions and Mm -hmm. what we have to clean up. And so how, how are you grateful until you kind of clean some of that up? Yeah. And, and when you get a lot of, um, again, the Pollyanna pushers, (laughs) you know, in AA, like, you know, some people, oh, you know, it's like, they'll hear you complaining in a meeting or whatever. And, uh, um, and then, of course, they always feel like offering their advice. And it's like, you know, they don't know the circumstances a lot. And it's like, oh, well, you, know, you just got to try and be grateful. You know, it's like you hear mm-hmm. that shit. You're like, shut the fuck. Excuse my language. <laughs> but, but you get the idea. So, um, but yeah, and that's where I think part of it for me is, um, you know, it's, you know, we can, we can try to use that tool when it's not the right situation uh when it's not appropriate and like you said like you know when we're talking about hierarchy of needs you know when somebody is like homeless and you know and they don't have any money or a pot to piss in and you got a dude sitting on the other side of the aa room talking about well you should just be grateful that you know you're in a meeting or whatever mm-hmm. it's like or you're alive, you know. Like it's that's like, not that's not yeah, helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful, and it's like so. I think that there's a certain level of realism and and uh, reality that needs to be applied. Again, to, you can't have that Pollyanna pusher stuff going on, and um, and just you know throwing out you know some of the basic human needs, um, because yeah, you know, um, sometimes I'm not grateful. You know, sometimes I'm I'm you know I when I'm having uh, uh, definitely relationship issues and those types of things really does, you know, turn me up. And so it's hard to get into an attitude, quote unquote, of gratitude. What's so, a, what's um, something recently that you kind of took a step back and were like, damn, like I am so lucky or I'm so grateful I have this, you know? Uh, and it was exactly what I was just talking about. Cause I'm sitting here and I'm looking out over my uh, computer and, 
um, you know, the uh, all my, you know, my drawing materials and pens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have like I'm, the, I'm the things you have. I've never had this many like resources mm-hmm. at my disposal in my entire life. So whether it be physical pens, papers, artistic, you know, whatever's my computers. You know, my, I mean, I I spent the time to do this and. Um, you know, I have books that like I have like lined up to read. I'm like in just so enjoyment of those things. Like I so appreciate that shit. And I sat and then the other thing is like I um I'm I sit here and meditate and so uh I was I was meditating the other morning and I was looking at these things and I was just like I was like, Oh wow, like like I like like I have all those things. Like that's like and it's not about the things necessarily as much as the way that I feel when I'm doing those things. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. So it's like, and I really appreciate the ability to be able to take the time. I think the time is really there. Like I have mm-hmm. time to do that stuff too. Um, and whereas at before, like I, you know, I was too busy drinking and complaining. <laughs> 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 I go, you know, it's like, um, and just being miserable, you know, or fighting or arguing or whatever the hell it was. I don't know what I was doing before, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I just have so much appreciation for like the amount of resources that I have in front of me in order to like, um, to spend time with my, the things that interest me to, uh, explore like more, um, uh, I guess education, uh, you know, to, uh, whether it be art or, you know, otherwise, right. Just mm-hmm. stuff like that. What about you? What, what's more stuff recently that you've been more in gratitude about? <laughs> so I had a, a job interview for when I graduate and, um, you know, I was super nervous, but, um, one thing that I mentioned was like, you know, I've worked with psych patients for like 11 years and, you know, de-escalating in crisis prevention and interventions. And, um, you know, I guess just the way that I phrased it during the interview, they were like, yeah, like we just can't teach people therapeutic communication. Like that is just something you have to have. And it sounds like you have it. And so I was like, oh my God, like, you know, all my experience dealing with those scary situations or stressful situations, helping people in a crisis, just being understanding of other people, um, is now like paying off. Like it's, it's a Mm -hmm. strength of mine. Whereas like before, before I was in school and all of this stuff, I kept thinking like, oh, I'm just, you know, a tech or, oh, I'm, I'm just a, a worker. Pencil pressure kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not making a big difference, but really like it is benefiting me because I have more tools than the average new graduate nurse would have. And so, you know, I was just so grateful. I'm like, you know, I've been surrounded by such incredible, um, professionals who have taught me so much and, um, how lucky am I that I've, I've got to do this for like the past eight years. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, just feeling like all sorts of gratitude and, um, you know, it's, it's things that I once was kind of resentful about that I'm now grateful about. It's just kind of strange how time yeah. can change your, your whole perspective on that. Yeah, it's funny. You say, like, I used to think, like, why do I have to learn all this shit in recovery? Like, why do I have to read this fucking <laughs> book? Why do I got to answer all these questions? Why do I got to do this list? Why do I got to make amends? You're like, why do I got to, why do I have to fucking help other people, man? I'm down myself. Like, I need, I need help, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't need to, you know, blah, blah. I remember thinking all that same shit earlier in recovery. I'm like, this is too much. Like, I don't, you know, this, you know, I, I did not sign off for this. I just wanted to get sober. I didn't want to have to, like, mm-hmm. do all this other shit, you know? And then now it's like I, you know, again, whether you take on the podcast or, you know, just even my general interest, like, you know, the articles I read or, you know, whatever the books I read. It's like a lot of that stuff is the human condition. And it's like, and I needed that in my life. But by I didn't know that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I would fight against it a lot. So I totally understand where you're coming from because it's like the things that, it's like, um, I know it's such a simplistic way of thinking it, but 
do you ever like have that like <laughs> it's like such a shower thought like when did my my least favorite jeans become my most favorite jeans when, you know what i mean because <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, they fit now <laughs> yeah like how did that happen right you know it's like some days i'm like oh fuck like these are used to be the jeans that i like kept you know over here like i never wore and all of a sudden they become like my most favorite it's kind of like that right mm -hmm. at least such a simplistic way to think about it okay so um what would you say to people is my main question okay here's ah, ah, ah. What is your go-to tool for getting into gratitude? Well, I'll tell you what I don't do. I don't make lists. I hate them. I hate gratitude lists. I try to just reframe a situation. Like if I am, if I am like extremely, extremely like angry about something like um okay say say i'm driving and let me tell you utah drivers they're insane like it's well known they are absolutely bonkers but say someone cuts me off almost hits my car um you know doesn't like you know say sorry like the wave um you know to me, I could be angry and flip them off and say, fuck you and, you know, honk and all this stuff. But in those moments, I'm just like, okay, you're okay. They didn't hit your car. <laughs> you know, I'm grateful they didn't hit my car and I was paying attention and I wasn't like doing some dumb shit where I, my car got hit. Um, you know, just kind of taking a situation where you are absolutely like infuriated or irritated about and reframing it into, okay, well, what's good about this situation? Is it teaching me something? Um, am I improving my confidence? Like, did I learn a lesson? Like things like that. Mm -hmm. What about you, Carl? What's your, what's your go-to for gratitude? Um, go-to for gratitude. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Like I, you know, I do, uh, a lot of times in the morning, I don't know if it's, I'm just trying to like flashback. So right now I'm doing like a, a hundred days of gratitude where I post a picture. Um, and maybe that's why it's coming to mind, um, uh, because it's not really my go-to, but right now I, you know, I post a picture on Instagram, something I'm grateful for and like, you know, mark it off with the day. I think today I'm at like day 32 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there's, oh, shoot blocking my microphone uh but so there's there's stuff like that that is more go-to-ish but i think ultimately like you know journaling is something that i um definitely do um you know every morning um uh, meditation gives me a different uh perspective or like breathing the very first thing i do every morning is um is i take uh you know <laughs> other than like holding my back and getting out of bed <laughs> but, but i uh um uh lately anyway and so i uh take deep breaths i, I do headspace and uh, mm. uh just taking these like really deep breaths and breathing and kind of getting into my own body um that is like one thing that helps me start getting into gratitude it's like you know um being more mindful it helps me get into more gratitude paying attention i guess it's, it's like a lot of the little things you know very mm -hmm. little things paying attention to the little things um, you know, I think where I just took a lot for granted when I was drinking, I, uh, whether it be my relationships or whether it be my, my home life or just, you know, how far we've come. I mean, think how many times you literally could have died. Like, you know, oh, so many it, times it's like the changes that like, um, like for me, I, I love being at peace with that stuff. Like, go, oh, like that could have ended badly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah probably if, should have <laughs> yeah and if i would have been four inches up or four inches down when i hit that wall you know i would have been dead and uh just stuff that you just or if anything a vegetable right mm -hmm. so um so i'm really grateful when i look back on all so that's maybe it's like the whole thing that it talked about in the very beginnings like there's a perspective that you have to have and it's like um you know uh like when I was like when I was in the hospital, I was so grateful 
I guess maybe memory. Maybe memory is my go-to thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, just to think that perspective, maybe that's it. Like you talk about reframing your life because that's kind of what they're talking about when they, and they talk about being grateful. It's like, you know, in the hospital, I was so grateful just to have people caring for me. I was like, because I just thought like, oh my gosh, like I have insurance and like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know what I mean? Like this is covered. Like I don't need to worry. And it was and access like, to care. Yeah. And, and then I was being provided for, you know, mm-hmm. and I just felt like I was cared for and, and that was really important for me. Um, and uh, so it's that kind of stuff where it's like I look back on it, I go, oh, wow, like it's a miracle I am here. Like, mm-hmm. and so then that makes me start to like go, okay, then like it's, if it's a miracle that you're here, Carl, as we, as I talk to myself, <laughs> <laughs> I, so what are you going to do with it? Right. Mm-hmm. Don't waste it. And like, so then that gets me almost excited. That gets me like rejuvenated to be like, okay, so that was then, this is now don't it's a gift so don't abuse it don't fall into that negativity as much right so try not to so what are you going to do with it how are you going to give you know differently because Mm -hmm. honestly i shouldn't be here right now you shouldn't be here right now Mm -hmm. right so like and just and all you listening that are fucking sober right now you shouldn't be here right now (laughs) i mean you should be here but yeah but yeah you you know know what i mean you should (laughs) Okay, let's just say you're you're exactly where you need to be. No. <laughs> I hate that shit. But you know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't be here right now. So what are you going to do with it? What do you, like, you know, this life is not yours anymore. Like, you can give, you can give more of it, right? Yeah. And it just, and it just, that's the kind of shit that, like, fires me up. And even with the, all the, all the other medical shit or the, you know, all the other stuff that goes along with life and everything else. You just kind of go like, I have a purpose. I have meaning today. I can, mm-hmm. I can do things differently. And that gives me more gratitude to, to give from that point. And that's kind of what we talk about, like living from the inside out rather than the outside in, you know, I'm not, you know, it, if it's raining right now, I'm, I'm not so concerned, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and it's like, there was that one story about, uh, uh, Edison I, in my stoicism, a podcast that Ryan holiday, he, uh, he, t- he always brings it up. It's like this, um, uh, uh, Edison, his, his factory is going up in flames. Right. And he, uh, he tells his, uh, son to go get his wife because it's the biggest fire that they'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was like all super jazzed and, you know, to see like this huge fire. Uh, but then he spent like, you know, the rest of his time, like rebuilding his factory, like 10 times better. He like got more, you know, he got jazzed. He was, he was almost grateful that it burnt down because it gave him the opportunity to rebuild his factory, like bigger and better. And, you know, and all these other types mm-hmm. of things where most people would be like, shit, my factory burned down and they're going to cry in their beer across the street. You know, Edison was like, you know, go get your go get your mother. This is the biggest fire you'll ever see. It's fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Let's do this again. You know, and that's where I would like it to be. That's where I would like that that frame of mind to change that you talk about. It's like uh, that. Um, it's it's that rethinking, reframing your, you know, um, uh, you know what happens to you. Because it, again, it's not what happens to us. It's how we respond to it that mm-hmm. really is making the difference. And I've been learning and relearning that with my sponsor over and over again. Thank you, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're struggling to like find gratitude or to be grateful, um, I don't even know, like my husband found this uh, wooden sign at um, the the thrift store and it's like my absolute favorite and it's hanging in our, our kitchen and all it says is someone else is happy with less than what you have. Mm-hmm. And every time I see that, I think I am so fucking blessed. I am so lucky. I have a home, a beautiful home. I have my dogs. I got my family, my husband. You know, I, you know, I, I wished all of this would happen and here I am, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have it now. I'm so grateful. And, you know, even on a bad day, I'm just like, fuck you sign, but you're kind of right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know? Fucking so, sad. you know, just post something in your home, like, to remind you or kind of, like, check you, like, hey. Yeah. You know, like, don't forget that you have it pretty damn good compared to some other people. And who those other people are could be anyone. But, but yeah, that's just, yeah, just my, my little thought. My favorite sayings on on the Facebook feeds are, uh, you know, remember uh, when you wanted what you currently have. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so that's the, you know, I remember like, you know, being shit face drunk all the time and I just wanted to be sober. I was like, oh, God, like, you know, I'll give anything to be sober. I'll do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, making the deals. Right. And uh, and then to get it, it's like, oh, like that's the desperation, you mm -hmm. know. And I do remember what it was like, and I re I remember, you know, all that stuff. So I just, I just I try to remember that too. I try to remember, like, you know, I wanted this. I, you know, so so don't don't poo poo it so so quickly. So don't wake up in the morning and be like, you know, goddamn, I don't know, stuff I got to do. <laughs> you know because you can easily get into that you know you can totally mm -hmm. do that. yep all right so that was it um what what do we uh um what do we what do we tell the the people um now that we're now that now that we're all <laughs> being grateful uh um, follow us um on twitter at SilverPod. you can also follow me at sip and sink you can also join Sober Pod Live on Facebook, which is our private group. Just go to facebook.com slash groups or slash Sober Pod slash groups, something like that. I think something like that, but you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> I I, we believe in you. Okay. <laughs> we believe in you. We've yeah, got, we can do it. <laughs> we've got um, Big and Bod Phil on um, our Facebook Live and he, or Sober Pod Live, and he does his weekly beginners exercise classes typically on Saturdays in the morning um I'm not sure on the time I think it kind of varies but um thank you bang and bod Phil for uh having a bang and bod and making me f feel really out of shape but you know as always yeah <laughs> and there's such a good community there like good people that are you know we've got some people posting um like inspirational quotes or asking for help or saying, you know, I'm struggling or um, just anything really. Like it's just a nice place and it's a smaller group. So you don't have to worry about like projecting it to, you know, like a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a, a very uh, um, consistent small group of people. How's that? Mm -hmm. Um you know, uh, so we I have questions. Uh, uh, so to uh, oh, I have answers to the episode. Great expectations. The question was, uh, have you been concerned you'll relapse while celebrating or having a good time? Member, explain in detail. Uh, and it was um, Chuck G says it was five days ago. Uh, I always remain concerned. Uh, at first, I was terrified. I didn't know it was possible to celebrate or have fun sober. Then it got easier. But I try to never let my guard down. So fuck you, Chuck G. And uh, sorry, that's an inside joke, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, thank you, Chuck G, for your response. Uh, and um, and you can also respond to the questions. What is the question again this week? What is your go-to? Oh, is that the question? Um, yeah, what is it? What is your go-to way to um, be grateful or something like that? To get into gratitude or something. Get into whatever. gratitude. Yeah. Get into the gratitude. And then um and don't forget on silverpod.com. Actually, if you go to silverpod.com slash gratitude, there is a uh a gratitude journal there as well. Uh and I don't know, I may update that with some of the some links to uh point to a lot of other gratitude resources. But if you go to the members section uh, if you are a member, you c there are tons of articles and posts on and other like, you know, gratitude journals and all these other things that we have going on around gratitude. So um, it, you can go there and just, you know, if you looking for other tools, boy, we got we got tools fucking galore. You got two tools, tools right here. 
I got two tools and a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that is it, uh, ex party people. Um, what does the Carl you, say? Uh, <laughs> uh, Carl says. Uh, <laughs> Carl says. Carl says. Back the fuck up, fuck tart. No. Uh, what does Carl say? <laughs> I don't. But what's wrong with me that I could just whip that out? Like you know what I mean? Like what's wrong with me that that's just like that's like right on the tip of my tongue everywhere I go. It sounds like um, you may have used that before. Yeah. So back the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, what does Carl say? Carl says, "Stay active, stay sober." You know why I say that? Because it is true. Just stay to you. Be active. Being active really does, I believe, is like you know the number one condition in order to stay and remain in recovery for me. Mm-hmm. So so that's the idea. Stay active. And I don't care what that means. I mean, well, I do. I mean, don't be like robbing liquor stores. <laughs> but stay active. <laughs> stay sober. And see ya. What does the Chelsea say? Deuces. It puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> Otherwise, it gets the hose. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it. See you guys.